0: Welcome back to this bonus part uh, of this episode. The reason why we do this part is because uh, right after we recorded part one and two, uh, the day after, uh, this guy, Jeremy Riddle, uh, for you guys who don't know who he is, uh, he was a former worship leader at Bethel, Reading. He uh, posted something on Facebook that we... Uh, thought was very interesting and we're just like, oh no, we should have known this before we recorded the uh, the previous parts. That was our heart that uh, these guys from these churches should repent and rethink their theologies and their tradition and what they are doing in this uh, uh, radical charismatic movements that this situation that the world is in right now makes people think stop and think um, and we're not saying like that it's not because of us or anything <laughs> obviously um, and we don't know if it actually is because of the crisis that Jeremy Riddle uh, are saying these things but the timing is very interesting at least and we just want to address that and share our, our thoughts uh, of what he's saying because he's making some quite bold claims actually and um, uh, we'll just share uh, some parts of what he's saying, because it was like three very long posts, and we can't address everything. But um, we have chosen a part. Uh, I have chosen one part, and Ulf one part, and Chris one part. We just, we're just going to talk a little bit about that um so um olof you had one part i think it was from his original post that was yeah. interesting uh, yeah. could you just uh, read a little snippet uh and just share with us what what this guy is saying
1: yes uh i think i uh, need to read a little bit longer just so you get yeah, of course. the whole view of it yeah, so yeah i start i quote i find myself increasingly troubled when I look at Western Christian culture and see such a startling lack of representation of instruction on vital teachings in Scripture, particularly the passages that warn and uh, admonish. It troubles me that teachings on these passages are virtually non-existent in modern preaching. But if I sit down and just read a couple chapters of Scripture, they're so Prevalent and I can't escape, escape them. And no, I'm not talking about the Old Testament Covenant I'm talking about the teachings of Jesus, his apostles Peter, James, John, Paul, those guys. So yeah. he's addressing the Western uh, Christian culture and something that he himself has been a part of. You can see that he has experience of that uh, Christian Western church are. Picking and choosing, uh, very important stuff in theology, in scripture, and uh, he addresses warnings and the uh, sense of uh, uh, making you come down on your knees before God. Though Those themes belongs to the Old Testament covenant. But he's saying, if I just sit down and read the scriptures, I can see those kind of stuff of deep brokenness uh, bringing people down on their knees uh, warnings that comes from Jesus himself his apostles Peter John James John Paul I think it's very int- interesting because we have we talked about uh, this the last episode about how it's important that uh, the theology is built up on all the scripture and he's actually addressing that the, even the Christian Western Church, are building up their theology on um, how do I say it in um, they pick and choose a little bit is that what mm-hmm. you mean they pick and choose and they often use like well we we listen to what Jesus say yeah this mm-hmm. is our model yeah. Yeah. well yeah here here he addresses it well Jesus himself warns well Jesus himself says that pick up your cross He addresses those movements who are using Jesus to confirm their theology. And when he then talks about Peter, James, John, and Paul, I stop at Paul because I think we know that Peter was crucified as well. And I mean, what I've seen in those movements that we are addressing is that they're not talking about so much the epistles the letters yeah
0: Mm-mm. they are looking Books more at
1: gospels. The, yeah exactly and and that that is very troubling uh, and when you just look at the life of paul you can see a theology of suffering a theology of the cross that's so profound he says that his suffering actually makes jesus known and glorified so well there there's something that i think about what do you think about
0: this? Yeah, um, I think it's very important um, because this guy he has a large following, uh, I guess. And if he does this, uh, uh, address this topic, I think it's going to um, affect a lot of people, uh, especially within the Bethel movement. Um, so I really hope that this is going to bear a lot of fruit, actually. Um, and I really hope that this is sincere. And I actually think it is. Um, like a Kanye West sincereness. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I really hope it's, it's for real the same way. Yeah. Um, I see a pattern um, of what we spoke about in the original episode that it all comes down to when when... I mean, kind of like Luther, right? Like Martin Luther, like uh, one of the biggest um, points in his life of kind of like seeing truth was like when he got to read the word, right? Like when he yeah. got to read the word. And then it, he was like, wait, what? I mean, this whole time I've, I was doing something else. So that that's something that I've, I personally believe, like what Jeremy's going through, uh, believing that it is real, right? Uh, can only happen if if God has mercy over your life if God has yeah. mercy over your life and, and he allows something that to happen um, yeah. and again just like just like Martin Luther when we come to the word and we see that maybe the traditions that we've been following um, don't line up with the word it just like something happens in your spirit and you know that's I really hope that's what's happening with with this guy yeah Yeah,
1: and if I just can uh, fill in that uh, with uh, Luther, uh, it was not just theoretical for Luther, it was also uh, based on experience himself. He had experienced that he cannot be saved by his own works or anything. He's discovering the core doctrine of justification alone. It, it was actually built on that he, he looked at the epistles. He looked at Galatians and Romans. And yeah. also the book of Psalms. That was his, yeah. he, he was uh, teaching on those uh, books. That doesn't mean that he wasn't looking at the gospel as well. But he saw that Paul laid out the theology that was in line with the gospels. You can't exclude something from each other. And that's something that I think um, Jeremy Riddle is really pointing on, that we need to read the whole scripture. We cannot mm-hmm. jump over something. He's in this text actually pointing out that we are jumping over those, uh, those passages we do not like.
0: And yeah, um, and not only that, because he is criticizing a certain translation that probably is um, very popular in the movement that he is in, uh, called the Mirror mm. Bible. I've never read it myself. Um, but I think that's a really, really good thing as well, because then maybe people will start thinking about which translation am I reading? Uh, mm. Because there are a lot of translations that really are not good. And some of them are really, really bad, like the Passion Translation and the Message Translation isn't very good. Either, So, I mean, I really like his quote that we need to go back to the word, sort of.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And um, that's one of the things I want to focus on when, you know, I share my little um, snippet. Um, Yeah. So I'm going to read off of his post the same way. Um, It says, my journey of repentance the last two years has been about this and this alone letting go of all the weights um, and hindr- hindrances to my mission and calling, dealing with the sin that's wanted to cling so closely and sabotage so su- subtly and bring in my whole life, um, habits, speech, thoughts, and desires into full alignment with his written words and commands. Because I love Jesus and I want more than anything to be faithful to him. My last post was not about church camp nor was it um, intended to fuel them so I can re- relate hundred percent with him um, when he says my journey of repentance the last two years uh, if you look at it from from a point of view of again like I'm not familiar with how things are in Europe but over here like when we when we look at a person that's like that leads worship in a in a famous way right um, mm-hmm. and we see that their songs are sung all throughout different churches, Sunday mornings, that you kind of look up to this person and say, well, this person's got to be in in a spot that's like a good spot, right? Um, and then Jeremy Rill has been one of those guys that you look up to, you're like, wow, you know, this guy seems like he's got it all together, right? Um, and I'm talking in general, like over here in the United States, like, it's kind of like what what, what people mm-hmm. believe. But then it's coming right out of his mouth. Like for the past two years, is a journey of repentance, like what do you mean a journey of repentance what have you re- been repenting from we've been like following you we've been singing your songs what do you okay. mean you have to repent so yeah it's cool he 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 talks about how um it's just been like purging like purging this whole thing of like if i gotta let go of ministry and you know then i gotta let it go or all the things that are hind- hindering hindering uh that mission and calling and um going back to what olaf was saying and back to the first episode, um, it's uh, it's to align himself, his whole life, and everything that he's doing with uh, the written words and commands of Jesus. And, and Jesus, I can totally tell that he's not just talking about the gospels; he's talking about the Bible itself. So um, I can relate with him. I think one of my um, one of my experiences in the whole process of Of coming out of where I came out from and uh, you guys could see that in the past episode was the moment that I decided to say you know what like I've been believing all these things all my life but that's because my pastor has taught me these things and I've heard it so much every Sunday morning or like uh, Thursday afternoons like whenever I go to church I've heard it my whole life right that I take it as truth but the moment I decided to say hey well why do I believe in the trinity hey, why do I believe that Jesus is God? You know, why do I believe all these things, baptism, whatever, right? I really believed it because I've just heard it so many times, right? Um, and I took it as truth, but the moment I decided to erase everything and go back to the Word and like like He's doing, right, going back to Scripture, that's when, like, it all changes. It's, it's like God uses Scripture in, like, obviously a good translation, Right. In a way to show us that um, our traditions and what we've been taught for a long time maybe necessarily isn't the truth of what we believed in. So, um, you know, I I want my take to be very short, uh, but that's
0: I can relate 100 percent with him in that way. Yeah, it's I mean, for him as a leader, um, a past leader in Bethel, a previous leader, uh, I think it's it's very uh, strong to do yeah that. yeah um, yeah oh sorry to interrupt you it's
2: just i yeah. forgot this it was in my point yeah. i think we're about to say the same thing was that um again relating to that he he is in a place of um influence he's in a place of influence yeah. and not just that he lives off of what he does off of music yeah. he that whole scene is you know his job so yeah. It's such a cool thing that he's standing up for truth when it can potentially affect him negatively in yeah. his income, in his opportunities, yeah. in and all the things that he he's been working so hard in his life. Um, you know, and it, he's taking that gamble, but at least he's standing up for truth. And I really hope that, you know,
0: that God does, you know,
2: his thing with with him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because uh, I mean, they will listen. I think people will listen. Um and it's quite a bold thing to do because as I understood it, he is no longer a part of Bethel. Uh, I don't know where he, he's, he is at right now, but he says uh, this journey of repentance for two years. So something must have happened in his heart since leaving Bethel. I don't think that he... Uh, sort of says okay Bethel is false and now I'm on the right path I'm not I don't think that's what he's saying because like yesterday he was talking with uh, a pastor from Bethel and they were like chatting as friends and everything uh, like everything was normal um, but I think something has happened and I believe that uh, the situation I, I...
2: I think I, th- I I think I think opposite from you in this um,
0: subject because yeah. I listened to the
2: conversation right, and it seems like um, he's he's not trying to burn like bridges, you know. Yeah, that perhaps. Yeah, I I'm a I'm a hundred percent sure that if this whole thing is true and he is really you know going back to the word immediately it's just like almost immediately he knows there's something wrong back there like he's all right what even by criticizing that uh translation of the bible which i probably is used over there so uh, i think um since it was an instagram live right he was on instagram live and this pastor you know like hey how are you doing like how's everything you know he doesn't want to because clearly like as he says in the thing that i shared it says my last post was not about church camp wars yeah nor was it intended to fuel them i think he's being very wise about how he addresses this especially publicly to not right now at least point fingers and break some relationships that maybe he can have these conversations in private um but i think that the time will come when he might address some of these things publicly but maybe he's just being wise about how he handles it right
0: yeah and i mean he's in a journey right uh, so I think there's a lot of things still going on, probably um, but yeah, you have but to see it as a you
1: have to see it as a as a form of critique as well to the theology you can't come around that that i mean uh, from the past uh, yeah of course when, when, when he when he addresses it like he, like he does right now, and uh, from the quotes you have mentioned and from the quotes i am I have mentioned from himself he's showing something. The, the time of repentance that has been two years, and it's two years since he left. It indicates he's in a good way and in a wise way that you are saying, Chris, um, pointing out the lack uh, of theology um, in a way that is also humble, that he says it pierces himself, it it, it brings him down on, uh, on his knees. I think he's he's a very good um, model uh, to look up to in the way of doing it. Uh, But, I mean, uh, to come back, I think you can really see that that it is a critique, even though he's humble, it's a critique to theology he's been into before. Otherwise, um, this path of
0: repentance um, would make no sense. Yeah, I mean, we just... I'm just happy he does this. Um, yeah. Everyone just needs needs to pray for him because I think it's not an easy situation for him. Yeah. Uh, I think it's very, very hard and it might become a lot of pressure as well. Maybe that's why he did his follow-up um, post to his original post. Yeah,
1: but, and that's something that I talked with you about today, yeah. uh, Daniel, that there can be... Troubles, I mean there can be a negative side that he's so humble that he excuses himself for actually speaking the truth I see his intentions. I think everyone can see that he's really loving and he and he says himself in the first um, Comment he lays out this journey uh, um, He's he's saying his truth is merciful his truth is love his truth is good but, oh, the warfare over truth in our lives. I mean, that, that sentence shows that he is addressing to the truth and he says that he is not having, there's been a lack of the whole truth in the former theology. That's my view of what he says. But he says, the truth is love, the truth is good, the truth is merciful, but it also means warfare. And I think uh, you can really see uh, the love that's behind those comments, but there's a risk that he starts excusing, excusing himself.
0: Yeah, because for. you know, in the last part of the last post he makes, he uses you know that uh, parable that Jesus uh, gives uh, the plank uh, in the eye, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and the splinter in the eye Um, and I think the problem is that he's using that one as modern Christianity does and I think that many in the Bethel movement does because he's saying like uh, I have a splinter in my eye and here's a plank in my eye and therefore like yeah he says I can quote it uh, and until we recognize our plank acknowledging it as the massive log that it is, humbling ourselves, and go Mm -hmm. through the painstaking process of removing it. And here I have an issue, because in my point of view, if it's true what we are talking about, that he actually has repented and go back to the Bible, then he doesn't have a plank in his eyes, you know? Uh, He doesn't have to excuse himself. Do you understand what I mean? Because because modern Christianity always gets this parable wrong. Uh, The point of the parable is not that we're not supposed to judge. You know, it's about hypocritical judgment. That's what Jesus is talking about. So if your heart is pure in that area of your life, it's not hypocrisy to criticize another who actually has that sin in their life. Wow. You understand what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I, personally think he's coming from a place that, like Olaf said, kind of like not excusing himself also, but he's trying to come at it like kind of very soft, you know, and yeah. saying, hey, like, I know all this is wrong, but, like, I come from it too. You know, I've also made these mistakes, and I understand, if you know, where you guys are at, you know. Basically, I, if I can translate his message to like just like normal people, where it's like, "Yo, guys, yeah. come on, you, uh, you guys are low key kind of wrong, but don't feel that bad because I mean I've been there too, and God can yeah. get you out of there too." Um, so like he's he's not tiptoeing around it, but he just like I said, he's just kind of not wanting to burn bridges. But yeah. I don't know, I, I would definitely want to see what happens within the next like few months as as far as how he, yeah. he tackles the rest of the situation. Yeah, because, but, yeah, actually, and I yeah. think we
1: really have to uh, I think we really need to pray when we pray for him is about wisdom actually how to mm-hmm. deal with the relationships mm-hmm. and what I, that's uh, wisdom yeah. especially wisdom. yeah
2: being a being, being a public figure is a completely different thing at least for us you know like I mean I don't know about um, Daniel oh, you know, he's ret- about retro them. theology he's famous yeah, yeah we can't, can't imagine like what the pressure you have you know cuz you're famous <laughs> So like <laughs> being a public're <laughs> we just so honored to be being here, a public figure is different. Uh, because what happens is like like, you know, whenever Olaf is going through like his changes or Daniel's going through his changes or myself, nobody's making a podcast about it. <laughs> you know what I mean like nobody's over here like talking about it, but it's got to be hard to be a public figure and going through all this kind of stuff because everybody's got something to say. And also you have people like us that we are very happy that this is happening. Because he kind of like kind of holds a flag for all of us that we want, you know, we want him to succeed. Yeah. So I, I bet you know you feel all that pressure, and um, we gotta pray for that too, and we gotta pray for a lot of grace and yeah. wisdom and and strength for for God to help him deal with that in the best way possible. That I don't think any of us in this moment can imagine what that's like.
0: Yeah, because. Um For example, if I share my uh, little snippet of one of his posts, um, I I guess that post might have burned a few bridges. And maybe that's why he made his third post, uh, Mm -hmm. sort of to say, okay, this is not war. This is not war between churches, you know? Because he says, I'm not a huge fan of labels. But if hearing and obeying the words of Jesus is labeled fundamentalism or reformed theology, then apparently I'm into all that stuff. And that is, that's a bold statement, especially very solid and a bold statement, especially for him as he is a former Bethel uh, worship leader. you just
1: see Piper, Paul Washer, MacArthur, R.C. Sproul, Jeff Durbin, James White, I don't know if everyone would like to agree and stand in line with each other on that reform, but they are on the reformed side. Can you just imagine them coming up on the stage in Bethel? That would be something.
0: Yeah, and I mean, because I have my opinions on theology, um, and sometimes pretty strong opinions. But I mean, not even I am Reformed. <laughs> and now now Olof and uh, Chris are laughing at me. <laughs> uh, because I want to make the point that I'm reformational. It's like, <laughs> um, but to be serious, I mean, this guy is saying, I'm into this stuff. He says he's into Reformed theology. And they are pretty, pretty harsh against these movements. Along yeah, they call pretty,
1: them swarmers.
0: I mean, yeah. just I mean, they call it strange fire. They call it idolatry. I mean, it's really, really bull of him to say I'm into reformed theology. Um, so, yeah, I really that, agree with like that. Guys. Legit- that's like le-
2: legitimately putting on the other jersey without putting on the other jersey.
0: Yeah, almost, exactly. So, as you said, we really need to pray for him because that might have burned some bridges, and he might have gotten a few comments on that. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, guys, I think this has been a really, really interesting conversation as well. We didn't cover everything. I mean, there are three long posts and we, um, we are going to share all the posts in the description. Of this podcast so you guys can check everything for yourself and get your own opinion about this, if this is sincere from the guy, um, if he means what he says, what does it mean? I mean, we don't know, but we have just shared our opinions, what we think, and we really believe that this might be a move of God, Uh, honestly. And to wrap this up, Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this uh, part three um, and also the whole episode, part one and two as well, and how the crisis that the world is in right now, that this should be a time of rethinking things, of just what am I believing? Uh, Am I reading the whole Bible or am I just cherry picking? um, That people all over the world will seriously think about what am I believing? And I th- hope and pray that Jeremy Riddle will show a lot of people the way in that process. I really enjoy talking with you guys. Uh, it's been a blast, really. So thank you, it's Chris, Daniel. Th- you thanked yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired now. I'm tired, man. You know, <laughs> it's time like, is it over there? It's almost 11 in the evening. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's like 5 for you? Five? Five
2: 4.49 here, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. It,
0: As I said, it's been a blast and um, more episodes are coming, so stay tuned and like and subscribe and follow uh, this podcast on social media. See you later and uh, have a wonderful week, guys.